welcome to Every 68 Seconds. I am your host, Courtney, and this is going to be season two of my podcast. Last season, we talked a lot about my own experience as a sexual assault survivor and also a lot of other topics that I felt don't get talked about enough in this subject. So definitely go back and listen to that season from the beginning just so you can understand why we're even here and what has happened to me as well because that'll play a lot into this season. Um, And in this season, we're going to be talking with significant others of survivors, survivors themselves, hearing different perspectives and stories from other people and as well as some experts on the subject. So just keep in mind as survivors are listening to this that you... You know, you know that some of these things will be a little bit triggering to hear. Um, we don't really sugarcoat things here because I don't think that it really helps anyone. So just keep that in mind as you listen. But I hope that you are all just as excited as I am to do this season and to listen to all these awesome people. So let's jump right in. All right, what's up, you guys? It's Courtney and Daniel today. Hi. Super weird having anybody else watch me record this podcast, especially my husband. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just weird. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of nice having some time off. Haven't recorded a podcast episode in over a month, definitely. Not really sure when the last one dropped, but this is the start of season two. And it's all going to be about interviews, pretty much, with people, whether they're survivors themselves or um, family or friends or significant others of survivors or experts on the subject. But I figured there's no better person to start with than my husband, who is obviously the significant other of a survivor of sexual assault and abuse and all of the things. So, yeah, this is going to be quite honest and real and talking about lots of stuff um in regards to our relationship so just beware i guess um and yeah i guess we can get started and And also i have to say that i'll if i make some sort of sarcastic remarks just i'm just apologize in in advance but you know, just so you're prepared, this may be funny at sometimes, even though this is not a funny, <laughs> not thing a funny to talk subject. About. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've done lots of uh, healing for ourselves over the years, so we can kind of be lighthearted about this, even though it's not a super lighthearted subject. <laughs> so that's fine. But um, I have some questions to ask him, and he's just gonna answer honestly, and we'll probably talk back and forth and have a combo about it, but. Hopefully this is helpful for anybody that is a significant other of a sexual assault um, survivor or abuse survivor in general, Um, but it'll also probably be helpful for somebody that is a survivor. I would say not to toot our own horns, I guess, but this will be a good framework, I hope, for somebody that's looking for someone to be with um, who is a survivor of sexual assault and trauma, because I think... Daniel's handled all of this very well, and it's not like he really learned how to beforehand, but he just already knew somehow how to deal with everything. So so Daniel and I have been together for eight, eight years, yeah, just a little over eight years, and the abuse that I experienced happened while we were boyfriend and girlfriend. We were living, eh, like, an hour and a half apart from each other at the time and I was working somewhere that's where I met my abuser which I've talked about before um but this was about two and a half years ago in June this year it'll be three years so just to put that under perspective we'd been together for about five almost five years when it did happen so just so you guys kind of know the timeline and framework of what was yeah going on I guess um but yeah how did you feel when you first found out so I think you've told your listeners before but the first time that you really told me 
um, the way you explained it, it was much more of like, hey, I did this. And mm-hmm. it was, um, you certainly didn't even realize at that point that what had happened to you um, wasn't cheating because it, like you didn't want it to happen, essentially. Mm-hmm. So initially, when you first explained it to me, I thought you were telling me that you had cheated on me. Mm-hmm. So I was obviously very upset, um, especially because at this point in our relationship, you know, we had, um, gone through, uh, quite a, quite a bit of a struggle, Mm -hmm. um, for almost a year over that, over a year. year. Um, so, and we had kind of finally, uh, gone through that struggle and then built back up what, um, I thought was almost a lost relationship at many times. And and even before that struggle, I was, um, you know, looking at rings and thinking about proposing to you, but then obviously, you know, the struggle happened with us and it changed everything. And I thought we were finally getting back to, Mm -hmm. you know, where we were before all of that. And then this happened and it was just, um, devastating to say the least. And, um, I didn't really know, kind of like what what this meant for us or like you know like oh you would cheat on me like oh can we work this out or can is this something like like um, we're done kind of thing and I I decided in that moment like oh we're done and Mm -hmm. you know I I couldn't I don't I couldn't be with somebody who had cheated on me um even though I you know it's it was my my decision kind of thing but uh as she started telling me more and more like details of what happened, cause I don't know what it was, but there was something that just didn't add up mm-hmm. and all of what she was telling me, it just didn't like sound like something that she would do. And so I was just asking more details about, you know, how, well, like, I remember you asked me literally, like you legit were like, okay, walk me through everything that happened or like, tell me everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, he just wants to know, like, more about how I cheated on him kind of thing. But then once I told him everything, that's, you can finish, but. Mm -hmm. And actually I didn't even remember that part, but that is, I do remember that now that you said that. Um, But yeah, part of it, you know, maybe was me, like I just didn't, (laughs) I was thinking to myself, oh, there's no way this is true. I was in disbelief. Yeah. And, but then there was, I still think there was another part of me that was also like something wasn't, right or something about the way she told me what happened didn't seem like it was you know all good or Mm -hmm. kosher at least even in her mind um so that's initially kind of like how I felt when I first found out about it and then obviously as soon as I realized like this was like not okay and this wasn't you know something that she wanted to happen I I told her I was like honestly Courtney like this was like sexual assault and how did you come to that conclusion from what I told you um I just heard how many times that you said yourself that like I didn't want this to happen and I said no and he said like oh, just this, and then you can leave, or just this, and then mm-hmm. you can, you know, well, then we'll stop, or something along those lines, and it's th- that many times, whether, you know, and um, I knew, luckily, I knew, honestly, from <clears throat> probably a lot of training that I've had in mm-hmm. the military at that point, you know, that I was some sort of, you know, long time in the military veteran or anything, but, you know, the, the small amounts of training that I had at the Naval Academy, you know, we, we take sexual harassment and sexual assault awareness courses. And just from those little bits, I was able to piece together that like, you know, Hey, what happened was non-consensual and therefore, and was there sexual contact made? Yes. If there's sexual contact and it was not consensual, it's sexual assault. And it's mm-hmm. black and white, you yeah. know, very, very cut and dry at that point. So, um, knowing that, that's where I was able to make that, like, 
realization that this was what it was kind of thing. And then after that point, um, in terms of how I felt when I first found out, after that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to kill this dude. But uh, <laughs> I think that's probably the most angry I've ever been in my life. I can't. Yeah. Definitely... And I don't get angry very often. It's mm-hmm. I can maybe count on one hand the other times that I've been really angry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was um, just really, really upset and sad and you know just trying to think about what to do next or just trying to wrap my mind around what just happened Mm -hmm. so yeah he doesn't get angry like ever which is a little bit annoying because I definitely let my emotions get the best of me a lot so once he realized and told me like hey you were sexually assaulted and I was like what are you talking about like I had I really did not think that at all I thought it was my fault and all that stuff. But when he realized it and and was very angry, he actually punched my the dashboard of my car, like in the passenger seat. He was sitting in the passenger seat when I told him. And I was actually picking him up to hang out with me that weekend. And in my mind, I remember I was I had decided I wasn't gonna tell him what happened because I was so ashamed of it. And I thought like I thought I cheated on him and I was like super ashamed and my my plan was to break up with him and not tell him what happened. What? I don't know. I'm just I said I made a face to Courtney just now, like, oh yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot that. Yeah, I literally was like gonna break up with him and not tell him anything because I just didn't want like I yeah, I just couldn't live with the shame of like telling him. But I was like, I obviously can't go on with the relationship though. So I was planning to just break up with him, not tell him what happened and be done but then once he got in the car like he could just see on my face like something was wrong and he was like what's wrong and then I told him like I cheated on you <laughs> and I and then obviously went from there and he realized and and you know got me to realize that it wasn't cheating and I it wasn't my fault and all that stuff um but yeah so what did this experience do to our relationship um somehow it made it better um so first of all it gave us something to talk about (laughs) which you know obviously is a lot a lot and it you know is a sarcastic remark but you know it it did give us you know something that to like really work on together and um while I wasn't initially 100% sold on the idea of staying together it so I certainly you know still cared about her so I knew that this was something regardless of if we were broken up or not, this is something that I wanted to help her with because, um, and, and also too, uh, we actually were broken up, mm-hmm. like in quotations, for I don't know about like a, a, week a week or, or something. something because yeah. I was initially I was like I don't know how I can do this. <laughs> I, I I didn't know how I could do this honestly and. Um, but I was like, I, I can try to help you as much as I can from, you know, maybe from a distance from not being your boyfriend, but it just, I guess for, you know, not to be too cheesy, but I guess I just loved her too much to stay away, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. And it's just something that I like just wanted to be there for her for and, to just help her through as much as I could. Mm. So, um, so yeah, there's that. And then, uh, another way it made it better too, was it honestly, you know, you, you hear in life that every, everything that happens, whether it's good or bad, is just another opportunity to do something. And that's really what this was. It was another opportunity to show more love to book to, from, her to me and from me to her too Mm -hmm. so um i guess if you're going through this right now you know think you know it's hard to to easier said than done but you know it is an opportunity that um you have before you to grow and overcome that Mm -hmm. and then there's another part of it too is how, how it changed our relationship was like i kind of alluded to was you know i certainly put some uncertainty into 
our relationship and <clears throat> in turn in terms of progress versus no progress in her healing and at that point I was I guess maybe I thought of this before especially once I was you know reconsidering proposing to her again you know surprised honestly I surprised myself with how soon I was <laughs> ready to propose to her because yeah. whatever all of this happened in June and I proposed by September, September 1st yep. of that same year. So, you know, it was only, it was a quick, was that three months? Yeah. And I was really surprised myself, but um, I remember thinking at the beginning of it when I was really starting to get serious again about, you know, proposing and, you know, about how our marriage would be together in the future. I thought to myself, like, if, you know, she's showing signs of progress and healing and stuff, you know, that's, and I'm helping, you know, that's something that is, you know, I can work with, you know, in our marriage in the future. And if she wasn't showing any signs of progress or healing, you know, not that I wouldn't, you know, not that I would leave her if she wasn't progressing, but, you know, it certainly would make me question or second guess, you know, is this somebody that I want to be with for the rest of my life? And they're, and it's going to be this hard because yeah. those three months in between that happening and us getting engaged wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. It made some things, you know, better, like I said, um, but, you know, it certainly wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. By any means. Um, so that's what I would have to say about how it made our relationship different, at least at that point. All right, question number two. What are some changes in our relationship you experienced? Which ones were expected and unexpected? So um, I'll start with the things that were definitely expected. I knew that sex in general would be different. And Mm -hmm. not even, well, I guess just intimacy in general would be different. Oh, and Um, disclaimer, we had had sex before. (laughs) Yes. Um, So... Yeah, I just knew that that would be different and how exactly how it would be different, I had absolutely no idea. And it was more of a just figure it out kind of thing because I I had looked at so many different resources and articles about stuff about significant others um, of people who had been abused or sexually assaulted and which honestly there aren't that many articles. So I guess I read quite a few of them and maybe almost all of them that were yeah. available there was especially you know, any by like the significant others of them too exactly i remember you found like one or something right? i found two mm. i remember i found i remember two of them mm-hmm. and i only remember one of them because it was the one that courtney previously cited which was the perfect victim mm-hmm. um and that one was kind of like you know talking about understanding what significant other had been through and then the other one that I read about was you know what you can expect or what the future of your relationship looks like and I remember I said like there's some study done which I was surprised there was a study done you know since there was hardly any articles done about it but there was a study done that like 70 to 80 percent of couples break up Mm. after something like this happens which scared me a lot because obviously yeah. I didn't want to break up with her at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but in terms of things I didn't expect, I didn't expect that I'd have to change. I had to change, mm. you, you know, emphasis on that. The things I say, things I do and then places we are. And then even like things like the lighting, you know, in at regard, least in, in regards, regards to, to intimacy or yeah. sex or anything like that. So, Things I say, you know, there was certain words or phrases that, you know, were certainly triggering to her that I, you know, couldn't say to her because it, you know, brought her like right back to, you know, that moment, that moment. Yeah. And just remembering like that, oh, I can't say that right now even though I really wanted to, Mm. um, you know, to her during those times was, you know, that one wasn't so bad because it was just, you know, just phrase it differently or say something else, you know? Yeah. So, um, there's that. And then there's things I do 
which in relation to, you know, being intimate or having sex or whatever, you know, is like one of the biggest things, which, you know, thankfully I'm in the military, so I have to shave every day, but <laughs> that's one thing that, um, you know, certainly made a difference because I think you had mentioned this before, but you're the, I don't know if I have, but my abuser had like facial hair, facial, it was, yeah, it was facial hair, but it was short enough to where it like was really prickly and it actually left a rash around my mouth like after the couple of days after my abuse and so anytime Daniel had like just a little bit of facial hair that was like short enough but long enough to where it like scratched me it would be very triggering for me so that was something that I had to be clean you know, shaven all the time yeah exactly <laughs> and even now, I mean, not that I could grow a mustache or yeah, a beard, if, even God. if I wanted to. Didn't li- but... I don't like it anyways, <laughs> regardless. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's that. And then um, things that I do. So like, you know, obviously right after, you know, when it was still fresh, it was, you know, I couldn't touch her this way or touch her in, you know, in this place, like in the house or, mm-hmm. you know. And, and another thing too was, um, getting a little bit into details here, but you know, most guys enjoy the <clears throat> being like, not dominant necessarily, mm. but you know, yeah. you know, um, they're bigger and stronger than the <laughs> typical female. So they like to be in control, be in control I guess. in during There's those like times. There's like no good way to say that, but yeah. Yeah. But, Everyone uh, gets it. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was something that I quickly realized was not gonna happen, yeah. at least for for the foreseeable future, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And it wasn't that I had to just lay there and be lifeless the whole time, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but um, which in some cases isn't bad, really. Yeah. Because then I don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a uh, yeah, it was definitely different though, because there were certain things you know that I wanted to do and that I like to do that I now could not do because mm-hmm. it just wasn't okay for her. Yeah. Um, and that I had to, I had to be okay with that. I couldn't, you know, be upset about it or angry. And I knew that I couldn't be upset or angry about it because it wasn't her fault. And yeah. that's, I guess the biggest thing I had to get through my head. It wasn't her fault. So I can't be angry at her. Yeah. Question number three, what has been most challenging about being the significant other of a sexual assault and abuse survivor? So the most challenging things that it has been has been the drastic changes that it's made to our relationship. So um, as I just mentioned, um, those two things that were the biggest changes to our relationship was, um, you know, it was the frequency that we were, you know, having sex or doing anything to that effect. Um, And the second thing was that there was nothing I could do about the situation that you know, I could, you know, I could help Courtney. I could help myself. I can give her the resources and the time and the love and everything. But I, the situation in and of itself, I couldn't do. You couldn't change it. Anything else. Anything about it. I yeah. had to, what happened, happened. I couldn't turn back time. I couldn't, you know, go somewhere and sign a piece of paper, or pay any amount of money or do anything to make it like it didn't happen. Yeah. It, it, there was nothing I could do. So that was probably the two most, like, just biggest changes and biggest challenges that Mm -hmm. I had to face, too. Question number four. How did you feel throughout my healing process after my abuse happened? So initially, I was obviously very angry (laughs) and sad. Um, You know, there's lots of tears and crying lots of it from you know angry tears and lots of it sadness tears and (laughs) yeah um yeah just you know taking it all in and you know not knowing what to do and being like which led to the next thing is like you know after the shock wore off it was you know I was confused about well what do I do now like should I break up with her should I not break up with her and what I don't know I just like what to, what to do about the situation because I I mean I didn't at that point I had 
known zero people in my life who had experienced that kind of thing, which is, you know, kind of weird for how common it happens, but, mm. you know. Maybe you know people, but they just haven't told you. Probably true, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't know what to do. I was very confused. And then, which confusion as it often leads to frustration. Um, and <clears throat> after that, I, after I was confused for, you know, a while about things and tried to find answers and I couldn't find answers, um, I was very frustrated with, again, myself, with the situation. Yeah, some of it, I was con- frustrated with Courtney, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of anything that she was doing, but, you know, it was mis- misguided frustration mm-hmm. towards her. Um, which, you know, ultimately was leading back to frustration with the situation. And, um, you know, while being frustrated with a survivor is, you know, common, um, and not warranted because, you know, again, it wasn't their fault, but, you know, it's, it's natural to have that kind of frustration. So if you do have that frustration, don't think that you're a bad person. Just make sure you recognize that you have that frustration towards them and make sure to redirect that towards the situation by remembering this wasn't their fault, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of, you know, if they should have done this or shouldn't have been there or whatever else, it was a hundred percent not their fault that this happened. Um, so yeah. And then kind of moving on from that after I was done being frustrated moved on to questioning our relationship, which I had mentioned before too. Um, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, if, is this somebody that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, with these new changes in our relationship, with, you know, how difficult it was at the time to have sex, which is a normal or like like human desire to want to do that, you know. So I still wanted to, obviously, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, okay with her at the time and I had to I had to make a decision if I was okay with being somebody like that like who wasn't as into that as I was um especially in marriage I remember being concerned about that like being married to somebody that maybe wasn't going to have like as high of a sex drive or like want to have sex as often or in certain ways that you wanted to and stuff it was like a big kind of question mark I guess Mm mm-hmm and I couldn't tell you one way or the other myself. I couldn't tell you, like, it'll get better. Like, my sex drive will come back. Because I didn't know. And yeah. I didn't think it... Honestly, I didn't think it would either, so... Yeah. And, you know, that... Again, that kind of led me towards, the like, you know, I had this question. And then that led me toward acceptance, you know. Once I was questioning, I, you know, finally had this acceptance of what happened. And it was like... I... I knew what had happened. I knew pretty much all the details of what happened. I wasn't wondering about anything. And then um, I kind of made the decision to, you know, marry this girl. (laughs) Because I, I remember I thought to myself, like, well, you know, sex is important. And everybody knows that. Um... And, but is it really the most important thing though? It's important, but it's not the most important thing. Um, in, at least in a marriage, obviously, at least a healthy marriage that, you know, I've observed from my parents and other parents and other older couples that I know. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it was something that I could do. And I also thought to myself, like, well, I had to think to myself, like, if we were to never have sex again, or maybe even, like, once a month, <laughs> at, or even less than that, you know, yeah. maybe once a year, would I be okay with that? Like, is that something that I would want to, like, live with? And, you know, it wasn't easy to say yes, but <laughs> um, and I don't think, I didn't maybe think that it would ever get to that point. I hoped it didn't. Yeah. But, um... You know, I think I said yes, because it was like, I knew that I love this girl that much. And I knew that she's already made so much progress already um, in terms of her healing 
and so I, I could tell that it was only going to go up from there. It was only going to get better. Hmm. So um, I had a lot of confidence in her in that decision. And then last thing I'll say too is I, I honestly, another reason why I you know, decided to marry her after that was honestly because I didn't trust anybody else to take care of her at that point. <laughs> I knew I was, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, okay, well, if I break up with her, then that means that she has to go out into the world alone and, after you know, eventually date somebody else and probably try to marry somebody else. And do I really trust somebody else to take care of her? And with all of this now too like mm-hmm. you know and how because she this she would have to rehash all of this yeah, with another with person else. in the future you know and i've already i thought done well so far so <laughs> you know might as well send it all the way kind of thing it's certainly a leap of faith but you know i was had good faith yeah good answers <laughs> question five how did you continue on with the relationship after these changes um prayer lots of praying asking God every question that I, every question under the sun that anybody would have about the situation. And then honestly taking it one day at a time, going back to the answer I was just giving about, you know, how this affects our relationship and, you know, choosing to marry her and stuff. It, uh, yeah, just taking it one day at a time because I would find myself, you know, as soon as I would start thinking about the future or like, you know, what if it, what if it gets worse? What if, you know, we're only having sex this many times a year? Or what if we never get to do this kind of stuff together? Or what if we, like, what if she becomes, you know, like emotionally unavailable? Or what if this all gets so much, like all these what if questions about the future that, you know, I would start doubting myself and it would honestly, all, the only thing it would do is make it worse. And so I just had to realize like, like, no. How are we doing right now? If right now was the rest of our lives together, would it be okay? And 10 times out of 10, it was yes. Like, you know, it never got, never really got to a point where I was like, this is, I cannot deal with this anymore kind of thing. And that's not credit for me being a loving person or anything. That's honestly credit to Courtney for doing that herself Mm. and making that you know healing and progress herself that wasn't you know that was with your help though well yeah but you still did it (laughs) yeah so you're making me cry cry. you are making yourself cry (laughs) anyways um yeah just take it one day at a time Mm. question six what pieces of advice would you give to a significant other in a similar situation? So, um, the biggest thing out of everything that you could do is just be patient. And it's a lot easier said than done. And I'm sure you've probably already thought of this or heard about it a hundred times. Um, but yeah. Be patient because it it takes time to heal from this stuff. There's nothing that you can do about it. There's nothing that, you know, the survivor can can do about it except for make progress. And I was taking it one day at a time too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it it takes time, but it, you know, it helps. Like having patient tech certainly helps um, in all ways. And then another thing too is... um, tenderness so just being very gentle and like soft with your words and with your actions and in the way that you touch each other and act around each other and everything because like we were talking about earlier with triggers and everything you don't know what can happen or like what was going to set something off and so being tender in every way that you can is something that you have to do really Um, because there can be things that you say or things that you do, whether they're related to sex or related to anything else that can, without you or even the person, the survivor knowing, 
like it can trigger them and it can cause some sort of anxiety or an issue between the two of you or you know just random unfounded anger randomly out of nowhere and you know it like you have to be able to be tender enough to talk about it afterwards if it happens but then also just in general be tender enough to you know maybe round out some of those hard points or sharp edges I guess mm. before you choose to say or do something um and then <clears throat> last thing I'll say is uh well not the last thing but the last point I have is um understanding and empathy and this goes along with patience and tenderness and it kind of comes together into empathy so obviously you know just whenever you get frustrated because you will get frustrated I know I was lots of times frustrated with Courtney and frustrated with myself in the situation just like have sit and like clear your mind and just have empathy for like five seconds it helps everything so just put like if you put yourself in their shoes how would you feel about the situation about what's happening right now you know is you know is something that you did or something you said really that important that you can't live without it you know like I was saying earlier I can't you know touch Courtney in certain ways or say certain things or be in certain places in a house if we were doing stuff and it like like yeah it sucks and I get frustrated with it but you know having the empathy is like look put myself in her shoes and take a step back for a second is, is that stuff really that important to you like that you are gonna sacrifice your happiness and this other person's you know happiness for that specific thing and I found for myself nine times out of ten the answer is no actually probably ten times out of ten the answer is no <laughs> yeah so um and all of these things patience tenderness and empathy are centered around love and you know, the, a lot of these things too, I'm sure you could find a list of it in the Bible. What's that? What's that verse? Like love, love is patient, patient tender. Uh, the one you hear at the weddings all the time. It's yeah, like first Corinthians I something. Remember. I even put it in my vows and I don't remember. I know it's Corinthians, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, if you need advice, just go there and look up what, you know, the, the Bible's definition of love. And uh, I'm sure it's other places too, but that's probably the best one I could find. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, it's just all centered around love in all ways for that person. Hmm. One thing that's not on my questions, but I just wanted to address it in this, within this question is like speaking to significant others, per, like specifically, what have you learned about what to do when I'm triggered in a sexual situation? Oh, that's a really so I feel like point. that's really, that's very yeah. <clears throat> um so the times that it has happened and i guess this is a really good question because i didn't think of this yeah. until now but um <laughs> so it's gonna happen that you're gonna be in a situation where you and your significant other are going to be getting intimate with each other and things are going to be going great and or even taking it slow for the first time after you know all this stuff has happened whatever it is but it's going to be happening and it's going to be going great you're going to feel great and then all of a sudden you're going to notice this it's like a switch it's and you won't it, you honestly most of the time I still don't even catch it until a little bit later but I got I've get gotten pretty good at you know catching that switch when it happens mm -hmm. but there was something that and I, again, you know, Cordy and I don't like using the word triggered, but you know, that it, yeah, it's it the best, it it's really the best way to describe it. Cause it's literally yeah. like a trigger or a switch just True. like happens and yeah. you can tell that their demeanor changes or something is not the way it was before. And it's up to you to have the, you know, intestinal fortitude, um, to say like, Hey, are you Okay. <laughs> that's that's it that's all you have to say you okay and, and also survivors you better be honest yes i know that it might be like i still have trouble now two and a half years later with like just telling him 
right when it does happen. And he honestly, a lot of times he still has to ask me, like, are you okay? And I'll have known that I am not okay for like a minute already. <laughs> I haven't said anything because I feel so guilty, like stopping something while we're in the middle of it. But when he does ask, or she, if this, if you're a survivor and you're a man, um, you know, when the person asks you, just be honest and say, no, I'm not. But go on. Yeah. So. From there. Yeah, exactly. So like, say, you know, are you okay? As soon as you, as soon as you notice it and you'll, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about if, you know, this happens. So you'll just notice a little switch or something happens where they're suddenly not into it or they're, I don't know. You'll just know. But yeah, just ask, are you okay? And if something really is, does not seem okay, then, you know, maybe ask him a second time, like, hey, are you okay? Like, is something wrong? And then usually from that point, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, it's probably best to just stop, which... It is best to stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, and it's, it, it, it's frustrating at times. I got frustrated because I was like... Dang. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, Blue but you know, jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Um. No, but yeah. Uh. Yeah, just get, <laughs> just get frustrated. But you know, again, like you have to have that empathy to put yourself in their shoes, and and if you put yourself in their shoes, you'll realize that whatever they're doing, whatever they're experiencing right now, they don't like it. Yeah. They don't want to be doing that. Nobody enjoys being in that moment and then suddenly being reminded of the most terrible thing that's ever happened to them in their life yep um truth and uh yeah and most of the time you know you know somebody gets off of somebody else <laughs> or yeah you know or just whatever it is you stop and on it and like the best thing that you could do too is you know courtney a lot of times will just kind of like be frozen and just kind of sit there and, you know, maybe even, you know, cries a bit or is sad. And the best oh, thing sorry. I could do is find something to cover her up with and find something to cover me up with. And don't start trying to hug them. Don't start trying to get all close and pull them in close to you and tell them it's okay. Most of the time, the best thing to do, actually, Every single time, do this. I'm not going to say most of the time. Every single time, do this and then ask if it's okay to do, you know, to bring them closer. But like every single time, cover yourself up, cover them up, and like with a towel or sheets bed sheets or, or clothes or anything that you have. Yeah. And then just sit there next to them. You don't even have to say anything. Just sit there next to them. Yep. And, you know, maybe hold their hand or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that way they don't feel completely alone. But then, you know, if you want to give them a hug or bring them in close to you, you know, ask them if that's okay first. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I guess kind of move on from there. Ask them questions about what's going on. Yeah. You know, don't be surprised if they don't want to talk about it because again, it's really hard to talk about that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, and just move on. And sometimes too, Maybe this is a little hopeful thing. Courtney has gotten really good at this, where if this kind of stuff happens, we talk about it for a minute. Yep. And then, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, we actually pick up where we left off. Yeah, which is a out. new, it's a newer okay. thing. I would, that didn't happen for a while, but mm -hmm. like at, at first it was definitely like, a, okay, this is stopping now and it's not continuing like for a while, like a day or two or whatever. But I've... But I would say as a survivor in the situation, like definitely get to, try to get to a point where you can talk about it in that moment. Like I would literally tell him, this is what I'm thinking about. Or like, this is where I just was in my brain, like in my traumatic experience, you know, because um, getting it out of my brain helped a lot to move on from it, kind of like to get out of that state of mind. Um, and if you can't get back to being intimate that's totally okay and it also helped I remember certain situations where Daniel would like give me my clothes and like put on his clothes and then he would just be like hey let's move into like another room of the house kind of thing because a lot of times if you move your move out of your what's the word 
environment, like your brain can kind of turn off what was just going on because you're in a different environment, a new environment. So that would help too is like... Simply from going from the living room to the bedroom. Or, or vice versa. Vice versa yeah. or to the kitchen or mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Somewhere else. That's also very helpful. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to cover that before we got to our last couple of questions. Um, number seven, has it been worth it? Um, duh. <laughs> I don't know. But why? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely been worth it. I mean, I have a wife, so yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the amount of progress that her and I have both made over the years that we've been engaged and married Mm -hmm. is you know it's something to be proud of and I know that I certain wouldn't be certainly wouldn't be as patient as I am now I was already he was already pretty patient I would say that I was (laughs) he was already a lot more patient than me before but you know there's always room for improvement and this certainly has helped me improve in that and being patient more Mm -hmm. and also, it just being okay with things not being what you expect. So, you know, maybe you thought you guys were going to have a fun night out and then you get home and then you want to, you know, want unwind and get in bed together. But, you know, that's not happening now because, um, you know, your significant other who's a survivor is, you know, all of a sudden is just not in the mood or not having as great of time anymore now mm-hmm. that you're back home and what you were expecting is yeah you know not what was going to happen and so just being okay with having your expectations not be you know become your reality yes yeah. you know you have to expectation management <laughs> <laughs> i think that's probably the biggest the best way to put it yeah expectation management <laughs> yeah so but yes overall it has definitely been worth it and um, if I could go back and redo it, I still would. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard question for me, or I guess thought for me, but yes. Um, final thing is just how are we doing now, in your opinion? Oh. Um, I'm doing really good. Yeah. So, are you talking about? Oh. No. Yes. Sexually? Yes. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Just in general. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We've been talking about sex this whole time, so, yeah. Well. I just mean in general, but that's part of it, so. I mean, I don't want to get into too many details, but it's been definitely happening a lot more often now. True. And it's gotten back to, I guess, what other couples would consider, quote, normal. It's pretty recent, Um, too. Just weird. So, yeah, I guess it, you know, for your... For you guys listening, it it gets better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it certainly does. As long as, you know, both people are putting in the work and yeah. making pro- making sure that they're making progress and not, you know, sitting in their, like, pain and... Isolating. Isolating <laughs> themselves and not talking about it. You know, that's yeah. probably the worst thing you could do. That is the worst thing you could do. So, um, yeah, as long as you're making progress, it's going to get better. Because yeah. even... I remember recording was actually listening to some random podcast that wasn't even related to this at all. Mm-hmm. But they said like technically growth is point zero one percent true better. Yeah. Which in that context they're using it as a negative thing. But in this context, that's yeah. that is a that is a good thing. You know, point zero one percent is better is still growth. And so Yeah. Like I said, take it a day at a time. Don't forget to, you know, have empathy and then just love on each other yeah. and take it one day at a time and just yeah i've listened to another podcast that was talking about that in a positive way and it said if you're if you get one percent better every day in a year you'll be 365 percent better than you were when you started mm-hmm. so just little tiny improvements and changes um obviously you'll be a lot better in the long run Rather than just staying stagnant. But yeah, that's all the questions that I had. <laughs> Anything yeah. to finish it out or um, if you got everything out? I think I got everything out, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for doing this. Of course. <laughs>
I hope to, you know, maybe be on again in the Probably. future for something else. I don't know. Something yeah. I would like to kind of get from listeners, I guess, is, you know, what other topics you'd want to hear Daniel talk about in this whole, you know, realm, I guess. Because obviously we talked a lot about like our relationship and how it's changed our relationship and what it was like for him and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure there's other topics um, in regards to like sexual assault and trauma and stuff that he could talk about. So if you guys have any ideas for that of what you'd want to hear from him, feel free to DM me on Insta. It's pretty much the only place you can um, contact me. Or if you're a personal friend, obviously you can shoot a text. Um... But yeah, that's all I had that I wanted to ask you. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course, with it was me. my pleasure. <laughs> Final but, thing I'll say yeah. is I know I mentioned that statistic that a lot of percent of couples don't make it through something like this when it happens in their relationship. At least, um, but I just wanted to be encouraging to you because obviously Courtney and I have made it work so far at least, um, obviously, and it's gone going pretty well. So I just wanted to give you um, some encouragement that, you know, it gets better. It's not, you know, impossible to do. Um, and, you know, again, just show each other love, take it one day at a time and always be looking for progress even if that progress is again like we said 0.01 percent <laughs> better than yesterday yeah so that's the last thing i have to say really cool i love you love you too <laughs> well thanks for listening i know this was a longer one but i feel like all of the interviews are just going to be a little bit longer because there's two of us talking not just one um but i was super appreciate if you guys Share this with your friends. Um, you never know who it could help because sometimes you just don't know who's going through something like this because they might not have shared it with you. So share this on Instagram, um, tag me, um, put reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you feel led to. And yeah, I appreciate it and see you guys or talk to you guys next week. <laughs>